0: what's up everybody welcome back to play tessie it's episode 32 this is the De- De Nelson lamette episode matt albers hey 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 and dot 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 craig breslow that's right craig breslow was number 32 this is the official podcast of holy matrimony that's because bobby Dalbeck put a ring on it i don't know if the ladies still like bobby i think they still like bobby so if you still like if yeah, you're you if did. you're if you're a female listener to this podcast, you still love yourself some Bobby Dahlbeck. I got some bad news for you. You put a ring on it, gentlemen. Sammy, Pat, how you guys doing?
1: I'm good, man. Congrats to Bobby Dahlbeck. If if somehow he hears this, we're happy
0: for you and uh, wishing you the best. Bob,
2: yeah, doing good. Congrats,
0: Bob. Always good to see a smiling Bob. Uh, some other people in Boston aren't smiling because over the weekend we got a couple of reports. We'll run through them. First one was on Saturday from Alex Speer, said that industry officials say that the Red Sox are the best fit for Jordan Montgomery, but every indication remains that the Sox won't be pursuing a long-term deal for Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. And then the next day I want to say this. Yeah, this one came out on Sunday. Ken Rosenthal uh, pointed out that due to their stru- due to the Rangers' structure in their deal with David Robertson, where they deferred a bunch of money on a one-year deal, uh, a reunion for Jordan Montgomery in Texas remains, in his words, on hold or possibly out of reach. And he said that the opportunity exists for other clubs to jump in, but that the Red Sox, he, s- he specifically mentioned the Red Sox, are not seizing the moment. He says that the Red Sox, quote, continue to show little inclination to spend big so we're kind of just running in place like we're we have made no progress on anything in just about a month i want to say a few like two episodes ago one of you guys mentioned that we were like a week away from it being a month since the red Sox made a move and
2: we got to be getting on like three days pat was that you yeah that's me uh actually i think today is the one month mark oh good god
0: (laughs) We are we are a we are a month from when the Red Sox made their last move, which was the Chris Sale trade. So, and I I just I don't can know. I, can I, I be positive, please please I be because I'm not going to be positive. Spin so you, 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 you go be positive, and then I'll be
1: negative. So, so I was talking to friend of the program Robbie Hyde. Check out his YouTube channel. Good uh, great Sox guy. Um, and I was talking to him about how I actually feel better and better about Jordan Montgomery coming to the Red Sox because every day that passes by, I think his value drops a little bit. Similar to the Trevor Story situation where they waited him out, got him for what, seven, one forty, something six, like
2: 140
1: that. Six one forty, yeah. Yep. JD six, you're right. JD Martinez, I can't remember the five one Jesus. Hell Christ. yeah, Pat. Wow. Um point B price seven
2: for two seventeen. Oh, my God, this guy's a machine.
1: That Numbers. Needs- um, hey, but point being, Red Sox have a history of this. I don't love it. They don't need to be taking risks like this, but they like to wait guys out. So my hope, and this is just what's keeping me going every day now, is that they wait out Jordan Montgomery. Maybe his dollar value comes down and the Red Sox finally cave and give him that daunting third and fourth year. Ooh. <laughs> something like that. So... I'm going to be positive on that. There's some stuff later in the episode I'm not going to be super positive on, but I actually think, like like I said, the more time that goes by, the better I feel about Montgomery to Boston.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't agree. Like, I, I don't see a world where it happens. I just don't. I think Montgomery is exactly the kind of guy, though, that has, like, surprise move out of the clouds from nowhere written all over him. Like one day, I'm going to open Twitter and Jeff Passon is going to be like, Jim, Jordan Montgomery, six years, one, whatever the hell to the Baltimore Orioles. Like, what the hell? Royals
1: Royals would be so funny if he went to the Royals. I would cry laughing. Royals,
2: Orioles. Like, it's going to be some like team that like makes a ton of sense, but was never even mentioned in the same breath as Jordan Montgomery. I think that's kind of where we're heading with that. And I think Snell might be in the same boat, but I think he ends up with the Angels. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think Angels or or maybe the Mariners make a trade, clear some more money and sign him. But yeah, that, those would be my two Angels and Mariners for Snell. I'm honestly not even. He's not even crossing yeah. my mind. He's not coming to Boston. He doesn't. He wants to be on the West Coast. He's incredibly expensive. He doesn't log the innings that they want. It's draft not going to happen. But it's the draft but, pick I'm, I mean. I'm sticking... Oh my god! The fact that that matters. I'm sticking with Montgomery. I think he'll. I do think the Red Sox will cave and sign him. That's my take. I'm sticking with it. And Gordo, no draft pick compensation attached to Montgomery because that's unbelievably important to the Red Sox. Got to get that, what, like 35th pick? In- God damn.
0: But anyway. that's but that's why this is so inexplicable because in all of the the media availabilities and the winter weekend and uh, talking with Bradfoe and Cotillo and McAdam and doing the Globe interview, like the one thing Breslow kept saying was, we don't want to sacrifice future wins to get wins today. And I respect that. If you don't think you're there, by all means, like don't make big trades for rentals. Don't. We all agree. We all agree on that. Go ahead. But but here you're going to finish my thought. Go ahead. It's like. I I personally don't agree that they shouldn't be willing to make sacrifices for this year, because I do think that if they had put their best foot forward, they could have competed this year. However, I respect the opinion. If you don't think they're there, like by all means, like go with what you believe. So like I respect it, but with with Monty, no draft pick attached, and the price seemingly coming down every day. It's like Sammy, I agree with you. The price is coming down, and you're using that as justification uh, to maybe have him end up in Boston. But the one thing I keep turning to is like with every like semi-surprise move we see, it's like yeah, the national media or like the local media didn't think so, but like the national media, like Jeff passing kind of hinted at it a couple of times that that X could happen. It's like, Oh, now I, now that X did happen. Now it makes a little bit of sense, but the issue is right now, like the local media is saying it's not happening. The national media is saying it's not happening. The Red Sox are telling the fans to their faces that it's not happening. It doesn't make it any less inexplicable. Like, I appreciate honesty. I, I asked for honesty. It's nice that at this point we're getting honesty and like I'll give them credit for that. But to be the Boston Red Sox, to be close to 40 million under the tax, to not have to give up a pick. And like the the kind of hints that we've gotten from media that maybe Jordan Montgomery could be had on a four-year deal, even a five-year deal. Like, by God, we thought this guy was headed for 170 million dollars. If the if I swear to God, it's gonna be wild to see what Red Sox Twitter looks like if this guy goes anywhere else on a four-year deal.
2: Yeah, and we've heard Craig in the front office harp on, we're not going to sacrifice future wins for now wins, which, like we've already said, we're I completely understand that. In what world is signing Jordan Montgomery giving up future wins? You have exactly. 60 million. Exactly. Yes. 60 million coming off the books next year you do i have to remind you again you have next to fucking nothing coming up through the farm there's no pitcher coming up to save the day you have to bring it in somehow some way if jordan montgomery can be had on a four to five year deal 25 million a year you're doing the exact opposite of giving away future wins you're buying future wins yeah i don't understand the thought process here. what the fuck are we doing
0: Pat, can I give you what I think, what I think they're thinking? Because it's the only explanation for this whole sacrificing future wins thing potentially applying to Monty. There's two, there's two examples. The first is if you give them like if if they're under the impression that you have to give them five or six years and you think he's only going to be good for three, in theory, you're sacrificing wins four through six years down the road. And the other, the other potential argument could be we believe. Garrett Whitlock and Tanner How can be starters? So if we clog the rotation with established guys and put them in the bullpen, then we're like, if like our best chance to win in the future is if one of those guys becomes a, a really good starting pitcher and we have him on a cheap contract, and then we can pay a real guy. Personally, I think that argument's shit. That that's just my. I don't know. It is. Do you guys buy into that at all? If that's if no. that's what they're thinking. I think you're right, which is what's scary. Like I think you
1: think I'm right that that's what they're thinking. I think you're right that that's what they're thinking. And I think that thinking sucks, if that makes yes. sense. It yeah, does. So. It just, like, Pat, I like what Pat said, too. It just makes, like, what the fuck are we doing? He, Jordan Montgomery, he's good. He's going to eat innings. Good ERA, too. I know he's not a strikeout guy, and that's what Breslow likes. But there's value in guys who induce soft contact, especially when you're a lefty at Fenway Park. That's, like, the key to being good at Fenway if you're not striking guys out uh, and you're left-handed. It there's, there's nothing
0: anyone could say that makes this make
1: a lick of sense, why he's not already on the Red Sox. And look, I don't want it to be misconstrued. I do think the Red Sox will wind up with Jordan Montgomery. I do not approve of how they're doing it. They should have already signed him. They're, I mean, there's a really good chance that he goes somewhere else. And whoop, there goes my take out the window because they waited too long. If I had to guess, Red Sox. But that's at like a 40% confidence rate like i think they're the most likely team but i'm surprised you're that high i'm so i'm surprised to hear
0: some of these words coming out of your mouth red Sox at a 40 percent confidence interval dude i've been very very
1: negative on every signing from the jump except for jordan montgomery that's been the one guy i think they're gonna end up with and like i know it sounds crazy but i keep feeling more and more confident i know nothing said points to that but, like, just read the tea leaves of how these guys have operated. They wait the guy out, and at the very last second, they're probably going to sign this dude like February 10th. Something Which crazy. Suck. He's going to get a late start to spring training. He's going to have a six ERA in April. Everyone's going, go, oh, he sucks. And then he'll figure it out. But, uh, man, it just. Sammy. I'll say it,
0: again. I'll say it again. What the fuck are we doing here? Get the guy. I, I think where you're coming from. Is like, like the way where Pat and Mice head at is we're, we're reading the reports and we're reading the tea leaves based on the reports and saying it's not happening because of that. You, you're looking at common sense. You're saying the Red Sox need like a semi-top of the rotation arm. He checks that box. The Red Sox don't have any lefties in their starting rotation. He checks that box. The Red Sox need to win over any sort of goodwill that they can get with their fans. He checks that box. The Red Sox have space under the luxury tax. Plenty to spend to get Montgomery... And more without going over. So check that box too. Logically,
1: compensation. Yes. No draft pick compensation. Yes, no, pick.
0: No draft pick com- compensation. Check the which, box. By the way,
1: I, I hate that that matters. It's good to save a pick and everything. You don't want to lose draft picks, but you're the fucking Boston Red Sox. It shouldn't matter this much. But anyway, go on.
0: No, I'm just saying logically, like you're coming, you're coming from a place of logic, and I, I respect that because if he signs, we'll all say, oh, like I guess it made all this sense from the start, and maybe they were just playing the long game, which. Like, obviously, it's it's mean to do to your fans to say you're going to go full throttle and then backtrack it just to save a few dollars here and there. Oh, Gordo, I want
1: want to make this clear. Even if they do end up with Montgomery by the path that I've kind of laid out, I'm not going to be, like, thrilled with the offseason still. They took a massive, massive risk. Well, let's hypothetically say that Montgomery does sign here. They took a massive, massive risk waiting all the way until whenever they sign him and just because he falls into their lap i don't think we should let ownership off the hook that's kind of like a broken clock being right twice a day like great i'm happy that now we have like a better team to watch in 2024 but let's let's call a spade a spade we have major major ownership issues right now
0: absolutely but no but i I, i'm going to disagree with you sammy if they if they end up getting the guy's Like, in theory, it doesn't matter how you do it. Like, we're so deep in the weeds in this this thing that it, like, really fucks with us mentally that that they're doing it this way. But in the end, like, if they get, if they finished up this offseason, they got Jordan Montgomery and they signed Justin Turner and already, like, pairing that with having Giolito in the fold and trading for Von Grissom, like, I would make the argument that they're better now than they were last year. And, like, that's at least for something. sure for
1: sure but yeah like, no, no, they'd be better than they were last year but do you feel good about the way they got here i'd be like Sammy, thank, god, my- thank god arizona signed you know peterson instead yes. of turner thank god texas had their tv deal went cheap with Maley early and then you know we're out on giolito or uh, excuse me montgomery and thank god that giolito took that pillow contract we got really lucky you can't rely on and even if all that happens, you're, well, everything Sammy, has to go just to have a chance.
0: The, I I'll disagree with you because I think if if it all does go in their favor in the end, I'll just commend them for reading the market right. And like it was really frustrating, but they read the market right. But the but the fact of the matter is, do I think they're going to get Jordan Montgomery? No. Do I think they're going to sign Justin Turner? No. Like, if they do those things, I'm going to commend them and say that they got to where they needed to go. But do I have any faith that that's actually where this thing ends? No, God. Like, I'd be thr- like, at this point, I'm so like frustrated with them. I'd be thrilled if they even just do one of the things I want.
1: Yeah. See, mm, it's going to be weird. It's going to be really, really weird. If they get those guys just because nobody wanted them, nobody else wanted them, like in a big way, I don't know if I'm going to give them credit for reading the market. It feels like they're just like, hucking up a Hail Mary and hoping it lands and to save a few bucks. I don't know, man. It's so hard for me to say anything positive about the Red Sox front office right now. Aside from Breslow, I think he's done a good job with his trades and financial restrictions. We've all said this before, but ownership wise, like we we shouldn't even have to have this conversation. This should have been wrapped up weeks ago, but
0: here we are. And another conversation... Or right, you go, Pat. You go, Pat, and then I'll transition us. You go. I'm
2: just like I'm to the point where I'm fully expecting the outcome of this offseason to be Adam Duvall and Jacob Junis. Like that's. I've been picturing that too. Guess, Pat. It, that's where I'm that's at. Where, that's where we're at. Like it's gonna it's happen. <laughs> it's where we're at, dude. I don't know what you want me to say. That's how it's gonna go down. Did you guys see my tweet where
0: I tweeted from the Catilla report about what was it, Jacob Junis? Ryan Stanek, and Cody Hewer. I think his last name is pronounced. Yes, yes, Heuer. that was awful. No, oh, but my, did you on. see my tweet? I tweeted the, my Steele? picture. Yeah, I tweeted out a picture of Justin Steele by mistake. <laughs> did you? I didn't oh, even God. notice. <laughs> yeah, they look the exact same in the small picture. They do. Like, whoops. Except yeah, when lefty. I saw
1: that tweet of those three guys, me and the guys the Red Sox are looking for, I think I made a noise that was like,
2: go. <laughs> I yeah. laughed. I, I opened that. Tillo article yeah yesterday or this morning whenever it came out. And I just sunk into the couch. I was like, there's no way this is where we are. This is there's no way we're this bad right now. Oh my god. Jacob Judas. Dude, people are gonna talk themselves into it
0: because he
1: has connections with Andrew Bailey. And another guy on the staff who I can't remember, but his brother. Like, dude, I don't know, man. I know he's been in the league for fucking seven years and hasn't figured it out, but his brother, his brother's on the minor league staff. So, Hey, <laughs> maybe it'll work. God,
0: I hate life right now. Yeah. And, uh, the other, the other thing, and I'm just going to assume that you guys hate this cause I hate this. We, we heard a little bit more about the, uh, about the Masataka-Yoshida trade stuff from Alex Spear this weekend. He said, okay, so Alex Spear's report is that no one, the Red Sox are still open to listening on Yoshida, but that no team wants to take back his four-year $72 million. And it was funny because I was getting texts from a bunch of my friends. I don't know if you guys get Bleacher Report notifications, but like, they took that report and they said, teams have no interest in Yoshida. And I get texts from, like, my fringe baseball friends who, like, don't really follow the game, like, all that closely, but, like, at least around the league. Like, they follow their teams, but not necessarily the league. And they're same. like, is Yoshida a bust? And I was like, no, he's – this is – ah! God, I hated having to send, like, three of the same exact texts. It's like, no, that's not even what the report said. But I hated the report anyway because I don't want – I don't think they should be trading Yoshida.
1: Wasn't it just listening on him? I, that's what I remember. The, yes. the original point uh, yeah. was – Yeah, you should you should be listening on like ninety percent of guys. Doesn't mean you want them gone. I mean, if a great offer comes in, fuck, oh, fantastic. But yeah, man. I mean, I I, I don't want Yoshida to be traded, but the guy is thirty, doesn't play good defense. He's pretty limited in what he can do. Like, if they find a good deal for him, fine. But Sammy, yeah, I mean, I want want
0: you to to elaborate a little bit on you because like Yoshida last year, he gave us, he showed us two different two different versions of himself. Like the first half of the year, he was one of the better hitters in the league. Like, I want to say that he had like an 874 OPS or something heading into the all-star break. Like he was great. He was hitting like he wasn't, he wasn't, he was never good on defense and he's never been a good base runner. So like every bit of value he's going to give you was with the bat. And then of course the second half of the year, his walks plummeted, his strikeouts crept up and he just wasn't hitting well. And he had an OPS in the six hundreds, the last two months of the year. So, like, obviously, we saw him wear down. I'm curious, both of your guys, like, what like what do you reasonably expect from him next year? Like, I, I feel like people are so, like, people I've talked to have just been so on either end of the spectrum. No one's, like, I feel like there's no firm, firm opinion on what you're going to get from him.
1: Well, I think the defense part is a bit overstated. You're always going to have bad defensive metrics playing left field at Fenway. So, if you're just going by the numbers, he's always going to look bad. But I think we can all agree he wasn't, you know, an issue defensively. He's not blowing anyone away, but he makes the plays he's supposed to make. He's not going to make any awful errors. Knock on wood. Um, But you said it, Gordo. I I would say like 90% of his value is tied to his bat. And I will give him a mulligan on the second half last year. First of all, he played in the World Baseball Classic. So he played an extra, what, like 15 games. Uh, He also came from Japan to the U.S., so that's another 20-ish games added onto his schedule. So you're already close to 30 extra games, plus the travel's new, everything's new. It looks like he just ran out of gas in the second half. So if you want to just judge him by the first half when he was at his best, which is, you know, if if you think that's unfair, fine, but that's how I'm going to do it. Very good player. Very limited player, though. Doesn't hit for tons of power. He's got a little bit of pop, you could say singles guy not not much speed doesn't strike out which we love especially in this red Sox lineup where there's kind of a sneaky amount of strikeouts right now um i think yoshida would be an excellent leadoff hitter but apparently he doesn't want to hit leadoff which is I, i don't know if that's a rumor or what but he didn't hit leadoff last year and apparently he didn't want to so um i if a good offer comes up i have no problem moving on from yoshida i don't love how it's going to reflect on future free agents from Japan, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, if the right offer is there, I'm fine with pulling the trigger. That said, if I'm the Red Sox, I'm not in a rush to trade the guy. I think he's one of your better bats, good vibes guy. The Red Sox are seriously lacking in the vibes department right now. So yeah, I'm a fan of Yoshida. I'm in no rush to trade him, but you know, if a great offer comes in, go for it.
2: Yeah, I think in like honestly, like Bleach Report sucks. Bleach Report is so misleading too. Because if I remember correctly, the notification was Red Sox shopping Yoshida. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, and I and was no like, interested, like, okay, that's not what was said. It said they're listening. And I'm assuming off the bat, they're like, yeah, if you take the contract, and pe- teams are like shying away at that. And that's not shopping, that's having an open line. Yeah. The other portion of that is there is value in like a very consistent. Like Yoshida should, and I think will, hit 300 this year. He'll be a around 400 OBP kind of guy. guy, OBP kind of guy. Like there's value in guys who can hit for contact, get on base. Look at Luis Arias. Luis Arias does not hit for power. He does not knock guys in. He does not steal bases. He does not play great defense. But he hits 340 and he plays an integral role in that awful Miami Marlins lineup. So I think just saying huh. Yoshida's one-dimensional is like underselling how valuable a consistent bat is. That being said, I'm with Sammy. Like if a team like Miami, let's say, comes in is like, we really need a bat. We have X to offer you. If you eat, like if you can buy out some of that contract and eat some money to get like a very good return that makes sense. Then yeah. Like I, I I don't see why you wouldn't listen on Yoshida.
1: What if it's, what if it's Yoshida and cash to Miami for Josh bell and Edward Cabrera. And then the Red Sox trade Kenley in a separate trade to stay under the tax. So you, you lose. Done. Done? Yeah. You lose Yoshida. Yeah. O'Neal who has a gold glove as a left fielder. He's your new guy in left. Thick Willie's the right fielder. You still have Duran. You lose Kenley because you got a clear cash in this sport that doesn't have a salary cap.
2: <laughs>
1: and then you have Gordo's guy, Edward. It's it's not great, but, you know. Uh, but oh, like, and then Josh Bell. You take on the Josh Bell contract. That's how you get Miami to say yes. You eat some more money. And then that guy is your DH and he'll hit third switch hitter, 20, 30 home run guy. Not great, but some some thump in the lineup.
2: Yeah, like that's a deal that makes sense. Like you plug a hole in the back end of your rotation, you get a young controllable starter. You have a a bat that you do not have right now either to be your regular DH. Like sure, like it sucks seeing like Yoshida go obviously, but if you can fill two meaningful holes by eating a little bit of cash and sending out Yoshida, like that's the kind of circumstance where I'm like, okay, trading Yoshida here makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would trade him if if I just don't, the way the thing I look at when evaluate or when thinking about what they could potentially get for Yoshida is that Reese Hoskins just got seven, basically a one year seventeen million dollar deal, or two years thirty four, however you want to look at it. It's like, why would you not just sign him? Like you could have signed him. You could sign Jorge Soler. Like there is guys out there who you could get who are. I don't know. They're different players, but like you can get good production from, and you're not going to have to give them four years. You're not going to have to give up prospects. Like I think Masa Yoshida, like, I think Sammy, you brought up the the second year Japanese player leap and like, and the WBC. I think there's a lot to be said about that, but the fact of the matter is he's also 30. So there's no guarantee that he's going to be first half Yoshida for a full season. Like, I'd like to think that like, having a hold of this guy. I mean, I know they sent people from the organization out to work out with him this off to try to better prepare him to withstand a full major league season. And like, I hope what they're doing works, but I would understand from an outside perspective from a different team, why you would be a little bit hesitant to take on four years of a guy, because let's say they, they run Yoshida out there again this year and he burns out again in August then that's a guy who has like no value. And now you've got three years and 18 million a year left on a guy who has shown that he's going to burn out at the time where the season, like at the most important point of the season, if you're competing. So I don't think there's going to be a deal found for him. I would listen on anything. Like if it's going to get, if you can, even if you're including prospects, like if I'll listen on any deal where you're getting Edward or a controllable starter, like, That obviously you have to get creative, and Sammy, I think you did get a little bit creative there with that. Like, I just I don't think there's going to be a match for Yoshida because I think the money complicates things so much. And like I said, I get why teams are hesitant. Considering like if you wanted to pay 18 million for a guy, you could just pay 17 and get Reese Hoskins, who I think we all probably agree at this point is a better hitter.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, really quick, before we move on to enough said, just a yes or no from both of you. If you could undo the Yoshida signing, would you do it?
2: No.
0: Sammy, I, I think I think it's a no for me because I, I just have such little faith and ownership that if they hadn't done that, they would be spending the money this offseason. Like, if you told me undoing Yoshida gets us Montgomery, yeah. Then yeah. 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 No, but I just don't, I don't that's think that's it that that does. It seem, that's not the question. I just want a I yes or no. Th- no. Okay. So I'm gonna say no because I have that little faith.
1: Okay. What about what about <laughs> yeah. you? Do you have the faith? I think I'd, I'd I'd be fine with it still. They're they're not paying him that much. What was it? Five. year Pat, you're the contract guy. 595.
2: Five ninety five. Five ninety
1: five for ninety. Plus post. Oh, I got it. Okay. All right. All right. That's not that bad. So. Right. Um. Yeah. No. I'm I'm cool with Yoshida. I think he will bounce back. I don't think he's gonna be like a. I don't think he's gonna hit like three twenty like people think. I think he'll hit high twos close to 20 home runs, high on base, low strikeouts, good ball player,
0: nothing crazy. Yep. I, I think, I think we're all kind of in agreement on where to stand on Yoshida. It's like he's not perfect and there's a lot of uncertainty there, but I think we all are, are in agreement that unless you get something that's like, Oh, like, how can we like the, Like the Chris Sale trade. It was not like that, that trade doesn't scream the Red Sox were shopping sale. That trade screams they got an offer that was like, okay, this is going to be good for our organization for six years. Like, we got to do this.
2: And so they did yeah. it. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, is the Yoshida contract is not bad enough where you trade out of it to get out of it. Like, he, right. there's value there. Like, Reese Hoskins just got the same amount of money. He's coming off an ACL. Like, there's value there.
0: Okay. Uh, well, on that note, I'm going to transition us to enough said, and I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Cause mine, mine's baseball related. I don't know if your guys, your guys's are, but I was, I was rolling through some stats and okay. The, this is going to be the stat here is strikeout percentage. All right. Last year over all pitchers who threw at least 80 innings, the top five in strikeout percentage, number one, Spencer Strider, number two, Tyler Glasnow, number three, Tariq Skubal, Number four, Blake Snell. Number five, Nick Pavetta. So, like, mad impressive. Like, And this is coming from a guy who doesn't necessarily believe that Nick Pavetta is about to run out there and put together a full season like he showed he could do for the latter two-thirds of last year. But the reason I want to bring up that stat is because you are basically operating this organization right now like you are not competing in 2024 and that 2024 may not even be a bridge year. Like you might not even be bridging. You might just be sinking in 2024 just to come back up hopefully in the future. So my question here is coming off a season like that, why? And he's a rental. He's expiring after this year. Why, why would you not trade Nick Pavetta? And the same could be said, they're probably going to trade Jansen. So like, I guess I'm not going to ask that for Jansen, but why not trade Nick Pavetta? Why not trade Chris Martin? Like you traded for Tyler O'Neal, who's a rental, and I think I guess the hope here would be that he rebounds and either you trade him at the deadline or you get a draft pick for him. But like Nick Bavetta and Chris Martin, why 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 not trade them? That's my enough said.
2: You should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, why would well I'll take it back to what Pat said earlier. What the fuck are we doing here? If you're not gonna compete and you're not even gonna you if you're barely gonna try, why are you hanging on to these guys? Like I just don't, I think the most frustrating thing out of all the frustrating things being lied to by ownership, being, being called liars by ownership, not having much of an off season. I think the most frustrating thing is that we have no clue what the direction is. The only thing we know is that they're hanging on to the big three prospects, Anthony Meyer, Teal. I have no clue what's going on. Why? There, there's no answer to your question, Gordo. I don't know why you keep them. Chris Take martin direction. got a vote as a setup man. Last year, his value was never going to be higher. People are going to say, you hang on to him and a desperate team. will. I don't know if his value is going to be higher than it is right now. That was a not to be dramatic. That was a historically good season. He came off of Nick Pavetta. Maybe he's a guy whose value gets built up by the Ulster or uh, by the trade deadline this year. I would trade him too. If you're not going to even try this year and you're not going to extend anyone, Kenley, we've already discussed can go on. So to answer your question, I don't know.
0: I don't know why they wouldn't trade them. You would like to see them just pick. Like we all want to see them compete in 2024, but like to do that, you actually have to put like I don't even want to say your best foot forward. You have to put a foot forward, even if it only has like three toes, you got to put something forward. It doesn't look like they want to do that. So if you're not gonna do that, like it you're not gonna look any worse trading your rentals. At least you would be picking a direction, and like, like I've always said. If you're honest with people they may not like what you have to say but they can't like they'll at least respect you respect you and you I think, say you gotta you
1: gotta put a foot forward even if it only has three toes
0: yeah you gotta put it if you want to compete you have to put a foot forward even even if it only has three toes yeah
1: we should call this episode
0: uh three toed foot
1: okay to, that would draw listeners
0: in yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. three toed foot and, and if you put foot. if you put a three toed foot forward, I would say like a three toed foot being put forward is they sign another one of those like starting pitchers, like the mid tier guys, like if they sign Lorenzen, like now you're putting a three toed foot forward. And it's like, okay, like you're probably not going to win, but at least you're putting a full roster on the field, put a full roster on the field or trade your rentals. Pick one. You can't run the team you have out there right now. Uh, What do you guys got? Do you guys have enough said today?
2: Mine's a quick one. Go go ahead. Fun fact, a little trivia for you guys. I I went down the uh, Adrian Beltre worm rabbit hole the other day. Do you know that he was a free agent? The Red Sox tendered a qualifying offer. They received they received a comp pick. Do you know who that comp pick turned out to be?
0: I'm gonna Ooh. guess Matt Barnes. No. Is
1: he still with the team?
2: Nope.
1: Is he still in Major League Baseball?
2: Nope.
0: Anthony Brian Renato. Real.
2: Both wrong. What did
1: Sammy so, say? I said Workman.
2: Jackie Bradley Jr.
1: Hey, wow. wow! One of my favorite Red Sox players ever, criminally underrated. Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, that was that. the comp.
2: That was the comp pick for Adrian Beltre. Damn.
1: Well, now I look like an asshole saying that the comp pick shouldn't matter for the Red Sox because of the Red Sox, but uh, I'm gonna stand by it because because uh, I am an asshole.
0: Um, Sam, well, hold on before before you go. Do you know who else was a comp pick?
2: Roman Anthony. Yep. Eduardo Rodriguez.
0: <laughs> yep. They traded, they traded uh, Andrew Miller to get Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, and that, he, gave yeah, you, yeah. he gave you six good years. And then Eduardo Rodriguez leaves. You get the comp pick from Detroit, Roman Anthony.
1: Yep. All right. Now we need a full episode going over the thousands of comp picks that turn into nothing so that I don't sound like a complete idiot, but yeah, uh, agreed. my enough said is that today when we were, you know, remotely planning for the show, I was looking at the Red Sox roster Red Sox news, everything Red Sox related, and I got absolutely nothing. This has been the most boring offseason. I can't believe how boring it is. And this made me think of an idea, and there's two ways to go about it. To make the offseason more interesting like every other sport, what if you either made it a rule that all free agents have to sign before either Christmas or like New Year? So you condense the window. Alternatively, the other way you could go about it is like you're not allowed to start signing guys until like January 1st. And it's got to be done by like, I don't know, like mid-February or something. Just a way to make all the signings happen at one time. Because you know how in the NBA and in the NFL, you get a whirlwind of news and they steal like a good chunk of the of like baseball season because it's all like this cornerback is going to the Patriots. Uh, the Lakers signed this 36-year-old formerly good player, stuff like that, where it's just like condensed so that the sport can stay in the spotlight, even in the offseason. Because right now, it's been the baseball offseason uh, since the end of October. Other than Otani and Yamamoto, there hasn't been much to talk about. If you had like a month or two span where everything happened at once, I think that would be good for the sport. And that, that's my extremely, extremely broad solution uh, to making the MLB offseason a little bit more exciting, because I think we can all agree that it's been a bit of a disappointment this year.
0: I'll make a tweak. So I like I like you. Uh, I like you starting it later because baseball offseason, it's like the World Series ends and then you just snap your fingers and technically, technically, free agency starts, even though nothing happens. And that's always the lamest period of the year. Is like when free agency starts and like you're hoping things are going to happen and they don't. But the issue there is if you have a deadline, it's like what happens if guys don't sign? Like there's plenty. There's always going to be guys that are unsigned until later. What I think you do is say January 15th is the deadline to sign a contract with a total of X amount of dollars or more. So like say like $50 million or more, you can't sign a 50 plus million dollar contract after January 15th. 15th. And if you want to do it, you're going to have to wait till the next offseason. So you better get on your horse. But wouldn't this simpler version to just be the second
1: idea that I had, where you just start it later, and then it's like, all right, January first, that's when it opens, and then that just condenses the window a bit. And you, can sign I think as you do both. For- do
0: okay. both, yeah. Because, I think- like the yeah. deadline should be it should be spring training. You shouldn't have high profile guys signing once once pitchers and catchers have reported. I just feel like like oh that is like the JD Martinez thing.
1: Like like oh, yeah, maybe, maybe there's the a penalty. Team- yeah, the team gets a penalty if they don't sign and that make players would go for that cuz that means more money, more leverage for them. Hey, look at this. We're we're making progress.
2: There's a there's another easy way. This is why free agency moves so fast in the other leagues. Allow tampering. Tampering <laughs> is all over the other all over the other sports. Just allow negotiations to start way earlier. Allow guys to talk to guys. When LeBron the- has have his roster filled before midnight of free agency. Just allow guys to talk. when can they tamper, talk? though?
0: Because, like, the free agency starts so early. So it's like, when, when is, does the tampering what start during you, the season? Maybe you push it back,
2: like, two oh, weeks. Oh, yes. But, like, allow some kind of, like, tampering. Because, like, guys can recruit during that two-week period. They just can't sign anything. That's what happens in every other league. That's why signings happen so fast.
0: And not to mention okay. the salary cap. The salary cap is the real thing that that makes these things happen so fast. But I feel like all of us yeah. baseball fans have just given up hope that that could ever be a thing. I don't want players. The players. The, the, Red Sox is just... under,
1: the Red Sox are under the cap. The non-existent cap. So
0: it's so funny, Sammy. I I used to always say like, yeah, salary cap would be good for the game, but it would be bad for us because we're we need we need the Red Sox to be able to go over it. And now that we're never going over it again, like <laughs> let's go salary cap, bring it. Uh, how the turntables crazy. Yeah. Bring a salary cap to baseball. And on that note, that has been episode 32 of play Tessie. Uh, While you get a minute, hit that subscribe button. Follow us. Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple podcasts, hit us up on YouTube. We've got episodes on YouTube now. Like not, I think uh, the pap one just got, got uploaded this past weekend. So that's on YouTube. Give that one, give that one to check that one out. And also Check that one out. Go ahead and listen to it because that was a great interview. Uh, Papa bon is awesome, and we had a blast with him. So, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you get notifications every time we release an episode. We love you guys listening, but that subscription helps us a ton. Rate us five stars too. That also helps us a ton. Uh, Chris, say it again, Pat. Say it again, Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy. Yep. Yeah, Chris Murphy. Yep. Yeah, Chris Murphy. Yep. Chris Murphy. All right. On that note, that's been Play Tessie, episode 32. Toodaloo.